you would think a team that's six and four doesn't need to have a must win game to end the season, but BC does. They've got to beat Pitt. We're going to talk about how they do it on today's show. You are locked on Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black, editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Network. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. So, we're in the midst of preparing for a short week, and BC will be, if you're listening to this on Thursday, we'll be playing on Thursday night. Uh, I think it's a 7 o'clock start in Pittsburgh, uh, an away game. And to talk about this game, who else would I have as our end-of-the-week guest but Eagle Insider writer Mitchell Wolf? Mitch, how's it going? It's going well. Uh, like you said, this is a bit of a weird game in BC's season in that they really need this win and they're facing a team that as we discussed with Noah Hiles on our previous episode is a lot like BC in 2022. Uh, but as we saw last year, you know, that team can still put it, put up some scares for teams that are better than them on paper. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I couldn't think of a better person to put on our uh, image. If you're not listening on YouTube than Dino Tomlin, who is going to where his dad, his dad coaches and uh, it's a homecoming for him as well. So, Let's get into this, Mitch. Uh, what, BC wins this game if they do what? The, they really need to get back to what was allowing them to be successful during their winning streak, and that's running the ball. And, you know, I think there's a lot of the reasons why there was, that was successful, a lot of reasons why it, they need to get back to it. And I think the principal reason is uh, Thomas Castellanos is putting the offense in too many risky situations with some of his inaccuracies and bad decisions. Now, the coaching staff is almost, also somewhat to blame for some of the play calls and why they're not leaning on the run as much, but there's still some issues with that. So they need to lean on the running game more. Pitt's defense is solid, but there isn't that big name game changer they've had in years past. So they, they all play together well, but they're not you know dominant in really any way. And I think that BC should be able to run the ball with some decent success against this group. Um, I think one thing that they really need to look at is finding ways to run from lighter personnel groups because Pitt plays their base defense on like 87% of their snaps, which is the highest rate in college football. So they're going to have more linebackers out there, which it doesn't give BC that significant advantage they have when they use heavier personnel, like Jack Conley as a tight end. So they need to figure out how to run from 11, make Pitt move that linebacker out of the box to respect the receiver in the slot. Um, or if they don't, if they do, if they don't do that, then you got to hit that receiver in the slot on screens or other quick passes. Um, but again, it all comes back to the run game. You're getting Kai Robicho back this week, which is huge. But I, I think this is a game where they can really lean on Alex Broom, who can use his elusiveness to expose Pitt's linebackers in space. And then uh, ideally, if they're running the ball well, once the defense is tired at the end of the game, they can lean more on Robicho, who can run downhill power through a, a tired defense. Um, the other side of the ball, as we talked about with Noah, like this, you know, we talked about how we've talked about how BC's defense over the last few weeks has been very successful against offenses that were one-dimensional looking at teams like Pitt or sorry, not Pitt, uh, UConn, Syracuse, Army to an extent. 
And when we talked to Noah, we came up with that Pitt's offense is basically zero dimensional. Uh, it's collapsing upon itself. You know, they don't really run the ball that well. Their quarterbacks are bad. Their offensive line is bad. Um, they turn the ball over a lot. They have a lot of penalties. So, you know, I think BC's defense, you know, they're obviously, they're possibly going to be down a man in Elijah Jones. Um, so that, that's a big thing. I, you know, again, depending on who's playing quarterback for Pitt, but I think they really just need to, you know, come out, play mistake free, um, kind of let Pitt dig their own, dig its own grave. Because I mean, just watching that offense and kind of knowing what we know about that scheme with Frank Cignetti Jr. is like, it's, it's just not going to fix itself. Um, and so as long as BC doesn't give up, crazy explosive plays that lead to scores. I think Pitt's really just going to kind of, you know, do themselves. So I, I, one of the things you mentioned yesterday when we talked to uh, Noah was the Pitt offensive line and how it kind of mirrored a little bit of what BC's offensive line looked like last year. Lots of new names, backups, you know, different players subbing in. We, we haven't, again, we haven't seen a big game from Donovan Azarako in a while. Is this the type of game where he could show his face again and, and maybe make a few big plays? I think so, because he had a big game against Virginia, who had a really subpar right tackle in, I believe it was Ugana Nanana, I believe is his name. Um, and he's, you know, based on PFF numbers, he's like the worst starting tackle in the Power Five. Um, and Ryan Bear, is, who's the Pitts starting right tackle, or at least should be, is down there pretty similar. I don't think he's as bad, and I think Pitts' offensive line in general is better, but this should be a game again where Dominic Raku should dominate. Um, you know, Bear is a. Bear, I was texting you about this, and we, we we've been very complimentary of Jack Conley so far this season. But when when looking at Bear's numbers and watching him, he reminds me of the Jack Conley that we ragged on so much for the previous two seasons. He's just this big dude that just struggles to move and doesn't really know what to do with his hands or feet. Um, and so I think that's a good match for Raku. I think uh, he and the Red I think Cam Horsley should have a pretty good game. I know Pitt has kind of settled on their center in Terrence Moore, but you know, their guards have been revolving doors. So I think Cam Horsley can take advantage in the interior. And then, you know, Pezaraku can set the edge well and prevent Pitt from running outside. That's really gonna hamstring probably the one thing on their offense that they can kind of consistently rely upon. Like they're they're okay at running the ball, but they and part of it is that because of so many games they get into these situations where they're down by a bunch of scores and they have to pass, which leads to turnovers and sacks and everything. But even so, like their run game is just not, it's not anything special, I would say. So I, I think I know the answer to part of this and I'll, I'll jump in with it. BC doesn't win this game. If Thomas Castellanos makes a ton of mistakes. Yeah, because uh, you know, the funny thing about, I think I mentioned this with Noah, the funny thing about Pitt is they have like one of the best red zone offenses in terms of when they get in the red zone, putting points on the board. I think they're, either 10th or 7th, uh, I think it might be 10th. They're like they, it's a 93.3% scoring uh, uh, rate, but they have the lowest rate of drives that get into the red zone. So they're just never even threatening to score. But if they get there, they're pretty good at it. So, you know, if Castellanos kind of starts this game, how he started the Virginia Tech game, and he has these bad interceptions, gives Pitt, short, gives Pitt some short fields, then, you know, there's more chaos introduced. You know, if BC can kind of keep the, we've talked about this a lot, keep the car between the lines, they should be able to win this. You know, if Castellanos is making a lot of interceptions, um, that's going to put the defense in really bad positions. In terms of what the defense would have to do for Pitt to win, I'm, I'm, I'm this is going to be in my preview article, but I'm kind of of two minds for how they want to attack Pitt because I think the traditional thinking would have you load the box, stop the run, force them to throw to beat you. Um, but 
the way Pitt has scored a good t- few times this season is they've had these explosive kind of one-off passing plays. And so I'm wondering if, because their run game is just is still not that much of a threat, I wonder if you kind of played a little more conservatively and kind of force Pitt to run the ball and chew their own clock. And again, they're not that good at it. So, you know, maybe BC just doesn't play anything as aggressively and just plays a little bit more in the middle of everything. Then maybe that, you know, prevents those explosives, but also, you know, lets Pitt kind of chew the clock out. And that, uh, you know, I think it probably, I think in this, in this type of game that helps BC because I trust their offense to move the ball more consistently than I do Pitt's. Um, So on the defensive side, I think as long as they, you know, don't commit a ton of penalties, which they've been a lot better at doing recently. And Pitt has been terrible with penalties all season. And they, you know, don't allow these big passing plays or huge runs that get Pitt back in the game. Then I think that this should be, you know, on paper, this looks like it should be a relatively comfortable BC win, honestly. And I know BC's coming off this big blowout loss to Virginia Tech, who, you know, I think we might have, I might have underestimated them, but. I feel like we're not underestimating Pitt. Like this is, like we said, very much like BC's team in 2022. All right. In a moment, Mitch and I are going to give our predictions for this game. You're going to want to hear who we pick in the Pitt BC game. Now, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So if you're out there, you're you have a small business, you're looking to hire Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word. With simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college today. Now, just like Boston College, it's now time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Alex Broom, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. He only got nine runs, but he looked good against Virginia Tech in those limited runs. And Athletic Brewing Company, just like Alex Broom, are game changers. He didn't really change the game in that one, but I had to really reach for this one. So Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make full-body beers that taste good with well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. They're great tasting and award-winning, and they've got a ton of flavors that will appeal to any palate with IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. And they're consistently releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to your flavor. They're fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make an activity more enjoyable, like watching the BC Pit game, tackling work or working out, anything. So you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewingcompany.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at Athletic Brewing Company. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. This is Locked On BC, AJ Black. I had to find someone who was a game changer in that last game. And <laughs> Alex Broom was the only one I could think of. I didn't know anyone else, maybe an offensive line. Yeah, you may you may have noticed we didn't have a three stars piece this week because there wasn't really much to celebrate from that game. <laughs> nope. So we're moving on, though. As Halfley said on Monday, I, I want to move on from this. And we're going to look at today's uh, Thursday's game today, if you're listening on Thursday. BC and Pitt. If you go on uh, FanDuel when I was recording, BC is a three-point underdog in this game. 
and the over under is 45 and a half. Mitch, I'm going to let you go first here. Let me, let me hear what you're thinking. Uh, my score prediction is BC 24 pit 17. Um, I'd like, I, I probably can check this. I'm going to see if they have the uh, numbers on FanDuel. It doesn't seem like they do, but I was going to say, I feel like BC does very well as an underdog this season. Um, I think they were underdogs against Georgia tech against C well, they were against Syracuse until Garrett Trader was ruled out. Uh, I think they were even underdogs against army. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, obviously this is a short week. It's a road game. It's a tough environment. And, you know, going to Pittsburgh in the late November, playing on a grass field. Um, a lot of things, you know, obviously a lot of narratives with this game, you know, Frank Signetti, Phil Dracovic, Dino Tomlin, Jeff, Jeff Halfley going back to Pitt where he kind of got to start coaching a lot, a lot of interesting storylines to follow there. But at the end of the day, I, I think Pitt's offense is just so bad that even, you know, again, like we talked about BC is BC defense has been good against bad offenses and Pitt is a turbo bad offense. Like just absolutely like they they were in like the 120s and 130s and like almost every offensive metric I can find. So I think BC's defense kind of gets back on the horse after this tough week. And also, you know, I probably forgot to bring this up. No matter who starts for Pitt, their quarterback is not a mobile quarterback. And that's what's really given BC trouble with offense is that they have this multi, they have this multifaceted dynamic offensive attack with all these different things. And as we know, Frank Signetti, his offense is relatively traditional and static. So, you know, you don't have that element. And on offense, I think, you know, again, Pitt's defense is okay, but it's not as they've been in the last few years. And I think BC should be able to run the ball, control the clock in this game. So BC 24, Pitt 17. So that's cover, obviously. And then still on the under, I think. Because I, I think I think the under is the best bet here because neither of these teams' offenses are consistently great. Um, and I think this is just me, an absolute rock fight of a game. Yeah. Um, one other prediction for you. Will Phil Dracovic play in this game? Oh, yeah. I'm sure he'll get at least one snap on offense. Um I don't know if he's playing quarterback or tight end. I know he, he got a, a fake. He got a QB sneak, like where they motioned him from the tight end spot and he took the snap against, I think, Florida State. And he converted a first down. But uh, that's all he's done since, quote unquote, moving to tight end. But, yeah, I, I would bet my life that he gets some snaps in this game. So I am also going to pick BC to cover the spread. Um, I'm going to say that BC wins by a little bit more. I think Pitt's going to struggle more than we expect to score. Um, and BC will be able to kind of run their ball control stuff um, and, and limit the amount of mistakes that Castellanos makes. I think the game film that we saw last week against Syracuse, where Syracuse just ran all over them, for, was it 370 yards, basically? 392, like, I think. Yeah. 392. All 21 of their first downs they picked up on the ground. <laughs> no reason BC can't do something similar. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a better running team than Syracuse. So I'm going to pick BC to win 27-13 two touchdown win. Um, and I think it'll be a little bit crisper than um, maybe you expect. I think if they can limit the amount of mistakes Castellanos makes, as long as he's not, and I feel like he does one every game. So it's, it's hard to say that, but maybe that's where they get the points from. Um, I expect, you know, the Eagles to, to control the clock, not allow Pitt to get into anything and just run, 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 run. So I'm going to go with BC 27, 14, and I'll take the under as well. Yeah, I feel like when we talked about, I think it was the Syracuse game, we talked about like paths to win. And for, I feel like Pitt's path to win is like just very improbable because it involves Thomas Castellanos just repeatedly making terror, like, like not even like his normal, you know, two or three bad plays, but like five or six or seven. And then Pitt has to convert all of those into scores. And, you know, I don't think Pitt wins in a shootout. I think BC has the advantage. They play a close game. So, 
yeah, I, I think I think BC's I think BC should win this one. All right. In a moment, Mitch and I are going to go over our picks of the week. You're going to want to hear who we have decided will be our our choices, and you're going to want to make sure that you pick against whatever I pick because I'm on quite the tear right now. So, well, I lost my where did I go? Sorry. Prize Picks is the day, largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and it's the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And now I can play during basketball season, too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less than their projected stats, and place your entry. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can get LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10-5 combo of three points made and receptions. So go on prize picks right now. You can make picks such as Seth Curry scoring more than 29 points, Anthony Davis getting more than two blocks. Your, your imagination is the limit here. And they offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players get injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, the player is rebooted. Pretty cool thing right there, right? So... Head on over to Prize Picks right now and go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to Prize Pick, daily fantasy sports made easy. This is Locked On BC. I am your host, AJ Black. Head on over to Eagle Insider today. Make sure you are getting all the information that you need for Thursday night's game against Pitt. We have previews. We've got injury reports. We've got everything up there. So head over today and go to Eagle Insider and become a subscriber. If you want to if you want to help support the podcast and support the work we do, becoming an Eagle Insider uh, subscriber is the easiest way to do it. Uh, sign up right now. It's a good deal going on. All right, Mitch, give me the bad news. How did I do last week? Uh, one and three. Uh, so I think uh, technically a, a decrease from last week when you were one, two and one, but I only went two and two with, with that said, I, I think I might have to run the calculations this week because I, I'm not sure if you can catch me at this point. Yeah, no, <laughs> even if, even if you went, uh, you know, on, in the unlikely scenario that we like pick conference championship games too, and you went, uh, like 13 and zero or something. And I went, oh, and 13, I think, I think it might be over. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think at this point, if I was actually gambling or betting, it, it's me just trying to get my money back because um, I'm chasing, yeah. chasing it right now. So yeah, but Hey, fade AJ and you're, you're, you're <laughs> exactly. doing real well this season. <laughs> yeah. Just don't go with what I do. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll be feeling pretty good. So let's, let's get into what I'm going to do. And my first pick of the week is I am going to pick Louisville as a 0.5 underdog against Miami. And the reason I'm picking this Emory Wilson broke his arm last week against Florida state. It's coming off a huge, um, emotional rivalry game where Miami played pretty well. And one of my bets I lost and this game, I just feel like is a, is perfect for Miami to have a letdown against Louisville. Who's going to clinch a, a spot in the ACC championship if they win. So with a, with a 0.5, and if I'm thinking Louisville's just going to win, I'm going to take that right now. So I've got bad news. It is now Louisville minus one and a half. Whoa. Okay. So I, now, frankly, that I was going to take Louisville minus one and a half anyways. 
All right, I'll keep but, that then. Okay, all right. Obviously, I've got some backups, so we can stick with that. So I'll stick in the ACC because, again, people are asking us to pick more AC games, which I lost my one that I did last week, so thanks for that because Syracuse ran their crazy wildcat offense. But I will go with, and this is kind of, I guess this is more of an emotional pick, but I'm picking UNC plus six and a half uh, against Clemson, and I think this game is at Clemson. So this is a really stupid pick, but I just still really don't like Clemson. I don't like Dabo. Maybe Dabo is distracted at the thought of being able to enlist in the fake military at Texas A&M now that that job is open. So I'll take North Carolina plus six and a half on the road at Clemson. All right. I'll stick in the ACC as well. And I'm going to actually do an over under and I'm going to go Duke and Virginia oh. at under 47 and a half. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. um, thinking here, Duke has a very good defense. I don't like Virginia, even though, Part of me is thinking they could, you know, they've they found a little bit of a spark here and there, but 47 and a half seems a lot. We got Captain Chaos Anthony Calandria back in the lineup. So that, you know, that could really lead to anything, especially if Riley Leonard isn't playing. Right. And if Riley Leonard is not playing, it feels like a safe bet because I whatever Duke has been throwing at quarterback has not been working for them. So hey, I mean they they what is it double overtime with UNC uh, last week? True. Yep. Yeah. I mean it's a rivalry game, so you know, you kind of yep. can chalk it. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, next one I am gonna go. Uh, out of the ACC, I'm um, doing another underdog though. This one's maybe cheating a little bit. I'm going Washington plus two and a half at Oregon State. Um, this is mostly just a line value thing. Um, I, I still think Washington has a good chance to win this game. Uh, and, you know, kind of everybody's talking up Oregon State. You know, DJ Uyongalale, uh, th- that offense is working pretty well right now. Um, they're going to try to run the ball and control the time of possession there. Uh, but you know. At the end of the day, Washington still has a great offense. Michael Penix Jr. is playing awesome. He's got awesome wide receivers. Um, so I feel like there's just a good chance Washington can keep this one and win the game. So I'll take Washington plus two and a half. All right. And then I'm going to go over under again, and I'm going to do what you usually do and go over under. And I'm not touching Illinois, Iowa, because I just don't want to touch that one. We'll get to but, that. Uh, <laughs> I am going to go under 46 and a half for Northwestern and Purdue. I'm, mm. I'm really going with I'm, I'm feeling a lot of offensive struggles this week. What was it? What was it? Forty six and a half. Uh, Forty seven and uh, forty six and a half. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't. I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was go gonna ahead. say uh, neither offense I feel is very effective. I could see this being a rock fight. Um, so I'm gonna go with forty six and a half under for Purdue Northwestern. Definitely a rock fight. Uh, Northwestern just uh, took the tag off uh, David Braun, who was their interim coach after he's got them. At, I think at five and five. So I think this is all eligibility for Northwestern. So. This could be huge for them. Um, and then I, I thought you were going to say North, North uh, Notre Dame Wake Forest under 46 and a half, which I also like uh, just a bonus pick there. But but my real one is, you know, everybody knows what's coming. It's Iowa, Illinois under 30 and a half. And I mean, 30 and a half might as well be like 70 and a half because, I mean, we just know how this game's going to go. You know, Illinois, they, they're they allegedly getting Luke Altmyer back at quarterback, but they haven't technically named him the starter after John Paddock had a really big comeback win last week. But, I mean, it's Iowa's defense. And Iowa, I think, was yeah, last week they showed some life on offense, which is kind of concerning, you know, scoring 22 on Rutgers. Um, but, you know, I think I think they're going to be a little scared after putting out that, such flashy tape. You know, they're, 22 points is a lot for them. Uh, so it's a special – special. it's a thing for special occasions. Uh, so I think they're going to – yeah, I think this is going to be another rock fight, like you said. I think this will be like maybe like 17-3 to three or 17 nothing. So Iowa, Illinois, under 30 and a half. And my last question is the picture on the screen. It's the pack two. We have Washington. Uh, oh, no, it's Washington versus Washington state. My bad. I thought Washington, I thought it was the last two teams. My, I looked at it really quick. Anyways. That's Cal. That's Cal. <laughs> Cal is playing Stanford. Yeah. Cal. Yeah. 
they'll get an ACC matchup over there too. There you go. <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap things up. Um, we'll be back tomorrow for an episode after the game. I like the start is nice and early so we can record nice and early and talk to you all about what happens and hopefully BC will be on top. Mitch, where can people find you? You can find me at Mitchell T Wolf, W O L F E. Uh, check out my work in Eagle insider. Uh, the match report is on there for VIP members. Uh, highly recommend that. And then if you don't feel like doing that, uh, the weekly preview with kind of just similar information, just, uh, different push package a little differently will also be up uh, should be tomorrow right in, just in time for the game yeah and I will have some more recruiting news I talked to some uh, recruits I've I've got all sorts of updates I think we're going to have uh, a hockey recruiting update from BC hockey blogger come on over sign up it's it's really affordable and it helps support our work so come over to Eagle Insider and sign up today all right you can find me on Twitter at AJBlack247 you can also find uh, the show on Twitter at Locked on BC. Make sure you like and subscribe this. And if you are an everydayer, I want to thank each and every one of you. Uh, you are so valuable and we can't do what we do without you. So thank you so much for listening. And if you're new to this, I want to welcome you to Locked on BC. We're the only daily Boston College podcast. Um, I think there may be like one other Boston College podcast out there, um, but we do it every day. So you get your daily fix with me and, and with Mitch and guests all the time. So thank you so much. We'll be back again tomorrow for another show. For Mitch, this is AJ from Locked on BC, your team every day.